can give by your plan. That's just the way it is. You are God alone. From before time Yeah. 
last he has ransomed me, his grace runs deep. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for me. Yes, he died for me, through the sun sets free, oh, it's free indeed, I'm a child of God, yes, I am, in my Father's house, there's a place for me. Child of God, yes, I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am who you say I am. Who the sun sets free. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God, yes I am. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God, yes I am. my 
Praise the Lord. Never had to do these kinds of transitions before, but isn't God good? And we're so thankful that you've joined us. And uh, I feel the presence of the Lord here in our home. And I believe that spirit is going across the airwaves to those that are with us both on Zoom and on Facebook. And we're so thankful that you joined us this morning. I know there's all kinds of churches that are out online right now, and we're trying to make sure uh, that we're doing our part in spreading the word of the Lord to those that are hungry and thirsty. And uh, while you're online here this morning, we want to just remind you of a couple of things coming up. Um, we are praying with pretty much everybody about this virus, and hopefully it won't be too much longer. But until then, we're going to continue to do our virtual online ministries and so we want to invite you to service on Wednesday at 7:30, and then also we want to uh, invite you to a special service Friday night Good Friday we were going to have this at the church um, but what we decided to do is continue to have this service so we're going to have some special music we're also going to be serving communion virtually and so we want to uh, have you make sure to get uh, juice and crackers, whatever you want to use for communion. We're going to do that online with you on Friday night. Trish is going to work on some special music to be a part of that service. We want to share the word of the Lord with you uh, Friday evening, kicking off Easter weekend. And then obviously next Sunday, again at 1030, we're going to have our Easter Sunday service here online. And uh, I'm thankful for this technology that we're able to use as much as we can. But we want you to stay safe throughout the week, stay home, uh, and and let's get over this uh, virus and, and get back together because uh, as much as this has been a blessing to be able to get online, it's been miserable. I can't wait to see and hug some of you, and well, all of you, but to be with you all and to see you face to face and to hear your voice and to worship together. It's been fun watching some of the posts on Facebooks of the different ways that churches are going to quote-unquote enter into the, the service together after we get back together and let God just allow us to uh, get lost in His presence. And so if you're a guest here today and you're joining us on Facebook and you're not a part of Spirit of Grace Church, uh, we're a great church in the Coon Rapids, Minnesota area. We reach really all across the metro where our members are, and we want to invite you to be a part of, uh, of this ministry. Praise God. Last week, we started a message uh, called Operation Enduring Freedom, and uh, I felt like the Lord was wanting us to go into a series on spiritual warfare. And if you remember last week, or if you don't, um, that's all right as well. But last week, we talked about <clears throat> fighting for our focus that spiritual warfare is really not about focusing on the enemy. It's not focusing really upon our situation, but spiritual warfare is truly uh, focusing on our commander and becoming like Christ. And I asked you, and I saw, I was so pleased to see some of you post this out there uh, this week. <clears throat> um, and that is uh, the, the phrase that I, I'm encouraging you to memorize and hear and listen to, and that is, uh, true freedom begins with the name of Jesus on our lips, and it is completed with the nature of Christ in our hearts. Amen. That is a statement that I have learned to attempt to live by. In fact, the theme of our church is that we are uh, 
spirit-filled, spirit-led, and Christ-like. If we can become Christ-like, that's the greatest warfare that we can ever do in the spirit. And so I know that today is Palm Sunday, and uh, I am going to tie in our second message with the whole concept, if you will, of Palm Sunday. So, But if you have your Bibles, if you'll turn to Deuteronomy chapter 2, I want to read just a couple of verses there. Deuteronomy chapter 2. And uh, my title for this message today is simply, But I Don't Want to Fight. But I Don't Want to Fight. And uh, it's going to be a secondary message based off of last Sunday, where we talked about the fact that we shouldn't go looking for fights, but we should be looking for our commander. And this is going to be the next step in that uh, series. So Deuteronomy chapter 2, I'm reading from, um, I think it's the New Living Translation, but starting at verse number 24, it says, Moses continued, then the Lord said, now get moving, cross the Arnon Gorge. Look, I will hand over to you Sihon the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and I will give you his land. Attack him and begin to occupy the land. Beginning today, I will make people throughout the earth terrified because of you. When they hear reports about you, they will tremble with dread and fear. And so Moses continued from the wilderness of Kedemoth. I sent ambassadors to King Sihon of Eshbon with this proposal of peace. Let us travel through your land. We will stay on the main road and won't turn off into the fields on either side. Sell us food to eat and water to drink and we will pay for it. All we want is permission to pass through your land. The descendants of Esau who live in Seir allowing, allowed us to go through their country, and so did the Moabites who live in Ar. Let us pass through until we cross the Jordan into the land the Lord our God is giving us. And uh, I want to again reiterate the statement. I'll say it over and over the next couple of weeks, but that is simply this. Freedom starts with the name of Jesus on our lips. It is completed with the nature of Jesus in our hearts, becoming more and more like him. When it comes to this thing called spiritual warfare, we have almost made the whole concept to be a mystery. It's, you do it in mysterious ways, and, and, but really spiritual warfare is really just practical living like Christ. And here, here's why I say that. You, our church has heard us say this, say, heard me say this often, and that is the things that happen in the natural are often a reflection of of the things that are happening in the spiritual. And so if we're going to fight in the spiritual, we just need to reflect that in our actual natural living and be able to become more like Christ. Now, there are times when Christ confronted things, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But what I want to encourage you is that some people just, they would rather not fight. And uh, there's several reasons why they, they don't want to fight, that they don't want to stand up for the things of God. And and there's things that we do, probably all of us at some point or another, because of several reasons, we just step away from the confrontation, if you will. Some of those are, uh, number one, spiritual and emotional exhaustion. All of us have probably faced this. Some of us are probably facing this right now in the fact that the body hasn't been able to gather together and minister to one another. Spiritual and emotional exhaustion. You're just tired. You're just worn out. I remember one gentleman telling me one time that uh, he would love to continue to do what he was doing, but he was just so tired and he just couldn't fight anymore. And so 
there are those times where uh, uh, we get to the place where God is trying to get us to do something and we just don't want to fight because we are just totally emotionally and spiritually exhausted. Listen, unless you continually fill up your tank, if you will, with the things of God, you will eventually dry out. It's the reason why most uh, preachers, if they have the opportunity, a lot of them will take Mondays off because they've expended so much energy through the weekend and pouring out the things that God has placed in them that they need a day to refresh, to defrag, and to recoup some of the things that they expended during the weekend. And, and so spiritual and emotional exhaustion is a key for people to overcome in order to uh, continue fighting this thing that we call spiritual warfare. The second reason is there's some people that they are just afraid of the other side of freedom. Uh, there are people that have learned through either just life itself or they become accustomed to the fact that all they do, is they learn how to dwell in drama. And when you get outside of drama, they don't know how to function. They have learned how to uh, cope in chaos and so they're afraid of stepping forth into freedom because they don't know what that looks like because it's not going to be a comfortable place for them because it's not a place where they've gotten used to operating dwelling or living and so they fear the life that's on the other side of freedom and uh, I, I can understand that because you just think of anything that you do any kind of change that you make whether it be a job whether it be a move whether it be deciding uh, which career path to take, all of those things can be a fearful decision and sometimes can paralyze us uh, to the point where we don't move when God really wants us to move because we're fearful of what's on the other side of what the expectation is. Uh, moving into that house may mean that you need to fix some things up and it may become more difficult than what you think it was going to be. And it's and so there's just those kinds of things that make us hesitant. And I would challenge you today that understand this, that if Jesus is calling you into something, he's already there and prepared the way for you. Yeah. And so you can step back from that fear and say, I may not understand what that freedom is yet, but I do know that Jesus is already there. He has already made the way. He has already prepared the situation. So I might as well trust in him with all my heart, lean not to my own understanding, but in all my ways acknowledge him and just jump into the deep end of the pool. And then the third way that people don't want to fight, and this is probably more um, down our alley as people, as humans, and that is, there just must be another way than to deal with the situation. And uh, surely, you know, Jesus will come before Left Behind series number 57. You know, it, it's one of those things where, where you just kind of wonder what's next. I remember uh, when I was in high school, I never dreamed of the year 2000 because I thought Jesus would come by then. And when we hit 2000, I never dreamed that I would reach almost 50 years old because I thought Jesus was going to come before then. And I'm just about 50. I had a couple months left to go, and he may still come before then. I don't know. But uh, that's the, the, the point is there's got to be another way. Jesus, just deliver us. Jesus, just move us from one place, point A to point C, and help me to bypass point B. But that's really not how it works. And, and, and if you've done that, you're not alone because in the story we read today, 
Moses has the people of Israel just ready to go into the promised land. And, and in the promised land, God has set up some things that he would fight, that he would do the work. And then there's some things where he had to use Moses and the people of Israel to do the work. And he is now at this place and he's telling the children of Israel through Moses. Now, Moses, this is what I want you to do. You need to go in. You need to engage in battle. You need to fight them and destroy them and overtake them. I will give them into, into your hand because I'm trying to do something than just giving you a victory. I'm trying to establish my people in the world. I'm trying to establish the fact that I have a chosen people called the Jewish nation that in the natural world, I want to be blessed. I want to bless them and through them make a way that I can reach all of mankind. And so Moses, because Moses is Moses and he doesn't always do things the right way the first time, if you notice, he does not engage the enemy. He tries to go through diplomatic means. He tries to uh, compromise with the enemy that God has been asking him to confront and to engage. And, and we talked about last week about not, confront, uh, not confronting spirits and things of the enemy. We talked about focusing in our, on our commander. But when the commander says to go and to engage, that's when we need to go and engage. There's too many people that are doing it on their own. They're not doing it... Um, uh, without, uh, they're, they're just in their mind, I'm going to confront this thing. And in all actuality, God is saying, no, 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 I'll confront it and take care of it. You just do what I say. But then there are those times where then God speaks to us and says, okay, it's time for you to do some work. Let me use you as an instrument. And we're dealing with that in here because there's a lot of people that hesitate to confront their situation or their enemy because they uh, don't want to deal with it. They don't want to fight through it because it's not comfortable. It's not easy. But God is telling Moses, Moses, this is what needs to happen. We need to move into that confrontation. By looking and focusing on our commander, the commander will tell us when to engage. And I believe that God, even through this whole thing with the virus, God is trying to establish his people, not simply in the natural realm not simply as he did with the Jewish nation, but I believe that he's trying to establish his people in a spiritual realm where the things of the spiritual world recognize us as the church, as the tools and the instruments. The Bible does say that he made us more than conquerors. We're, we're not just conquerors, we're more than conquerors. God has elevated the church, not because of who we are, not because of our talents and our abilities, but he has done so in order to establish his people, his instrument to speak to the rest of the world. Whether the natural world listens or not is not our responsibility, but our responsibility to be is, is to be established in the things that God is trying to do. And, and yet some in the church, even Christians will shy away when God is trying to tell them to confront. Now, listen, we don't confront things in the natural realm. We mentioned it last week. Ephesians says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. And, and, and so if you're fighting against somebody, if you're fighting against another human, if you're fighting against those kinds of natural things, you're fighting the wrong fight. 
you're fighting in the wrong battlefield. The battlefield that God is wanting us to fight in is in the battlefield of the spirit and in becoming more like him, we become more like him and, and then all of a sudden we're in the right battlefield. I, I want you to understand something uh, about Palm Sunday. We celebrate Palm Sunday and it's a great celebratory Sunday. The palm leaves are being laid down in the street. The coats are being laid down in the street. Jesus is riding into town and people are shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And I, it's a great, it's a high, people are excited. People are um, worshiping as he comes in. They're preparing the way. That's in the natural. In the natural, those people are seeing Jesus come into Jerusalem and in the natural, they're thinking he is getting ready to come into Jerusalem and overtake the Romans and begin to set up the kingdom. In fact, we, we know that because even his disciples in Acts chapter 1 said, well, are you now going to set up the kingdom? They didn't recognize the spiritual warfare or the spiritual battle that was taking place. And Palm Sunday, as much celebration in the natural was taking place, it was the call of the spiritual to enter into the battle of battles. Jesus was stepping into a spiritual dimension when he got on that donkey and began to go into the streets of Jerusalem. And while the people in the natural realm were worshiping him and crying out Hosanna in Jesus' spirit, he was saying, I am heading towards war. I am heading towards a battle that was the, it is the biggest battle that there is. Now, and so sometimes we like the praise and worship because that's a natural uh uh, a natural experience, a natural emotion, and it feels good because we begin to worship him. And, and I'm not trying to downgrade that, but if you'll look on the other side of the spirit, sometimes our worship, sometimes that situation that we think is exciting, that deliverance that he's given, that hope that he's given, is not to just to get us into Jerusalem, but it's to set us up for the battle that he has prepared in order for us to fight. So Jesus, in, in his spirit, comes in, and then we get to Good Friday and Easter just a few days later. See, when Jesus is riding on the donkey, I think he finally realized, or not finally realized, I think he realizes, and maybe the people of, uh, of, that followed him realized it later, but the voices that were worshiping in the natural without seeing what was going on in the spirit were worshiping him, but their voices changed in just a few short days from Hosanna to crucify. Mm -hmm. And he had to uh, face a battle that was a battle of battles, if you will. And Jesus, really what he needed was the spiritual support of the people to become more like him. He tried to tell his disciples over and over again, this building is going to be torn down, but in three days it'll rise up. And, and I've come to, to, to pay the price for you. And, and all of the prophets of old uh, talked about that. And so here's what I want you to recognize today when it comes to this battle that Jesus is stepping into on Palm Sunday. Recognize who he is fighting. He's not fighting Satan. Calvary is not a battle against our enemy. It's not a battle against Satan. Satan was a defeated foe from the moment that he was sent out of heaven. He was defeated. He hasn't won anything in all of history. 
And, and so you get to this place and well, what is Jesus actually getting ready to fight? Can I tell you what he's getting ready to fight? He's getting ready to fight what we talked about last week. He's getting ready to fight for the opportunities for you and I to become like him. His enemy that day, the battle that he was fighting that day was our sin, was your sin and was my sin. The Bible said it this way, he became sin for us so that we could become like him. That's the battle of Easter. That's the battle of Calvary. That's the battle that was initiated on Palm Sunday. That's the warfare that you and I need to look into and to fight. Not worrying about our natural realm, but getting to that place that's inside of us, our spirit, our will, our emotions, that place in us that says, I have got to be like Christ. It's the highest desire that we can have is to be more like him, to know how he thinks, to know how he responds, to know how he looks at things, to know how he experiences things. Can I just tell you that if it was up to my natural uh, mindset, my natural inclination, we wouldn't have had to deal with half the stuff we've dealt with in the world. I, I, I would have I either taken care of the evil real quick or, or, or I would have done something different. But Jesus understands that he's got to give people every opportunity. He's giving you and I every opportunity to become like him. When we focus on the, the commander, we become his instrument to victory. We become victors in this thing called spiritual warfare. You know, I, and the reason why we become victorious is not because you and I may have the victory, it's because the kingdom has the victory. Who are you fighting for? Are you fighting for yourself or are you fighting for the kingdom? God said to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him. He is more, he is more uh, desirous of the kingdom than he is of the individual. The kingdom of God is at hand and whosoever wants to can step into that kingdom. But that's who God is calling us to fight for is our commander in chief and for our the kingdom of heaven. And what, what the Lord understands and what we have come to understand as humans is you and I tend to settle for things that are not as powerful as what Jesus intends for us to have. We, we settle for a couple of songs on a Sunday and, and a word from the Lord on a Sunday, but then we're, we're wondering where God is on a Monday. God is trying to get us, even through this series that we're sharing with you of enduring freedom, he wants to get us to a place where 24-7, 365, we are living in the power of, and the, and the manifestation of his spirit. So that wherever we go, whoever we talk to, we are his soldiers, we are his ambassadors, we are the ones that are sharing the things of God, whether it be through word, action, thought, or prayer. When this begins to happen, the kingdom of God begins to grow and multiply and become glorified. You see, we like to speak the name of Jesus or at least I do. I know I like to speak it. We pray in the name of Jesus. We worship in the name of Jesus. The Bible challenges us whatsoever we do in word or deed, do all 
in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is powerful. The name of Jesus is overcoming. But that's if all we settle for is the name of Jesus, yes, that's powerful. But what would happen if we allowed the character of Jesus to settle inside of us? And it's not just his name that we're, that we're proclaiming, but it's his very character. It's his very power. It's his very authority that we begin to proclaim when we begin to move and to talk. You see, it starts with the name of Jesus on our lips, but it ends with the nature of Jesus in our hearts, becoming more like him. In, in Deuteronomy, Moses tried to go at it different than what God asked him to do. He was told to engage, and he tried to negotiate himself around. I, I, just, you know, how many times have you and I negotiated with God? And really even negotiated with that. Well, God, I know you're wanting me to pray more, but I'm just too tired. I know you're wanting me to talk more, but I just, I'm not comfortable. I'm not a speaker. I know, God, you're wanting me to love people more, but God, that's just not my personality. I'm not an extrovert. I'm not a lovey-dovey kind of person. I, God, you are the one that created me, so I'm, you're stuck with me. You know, we negotiate our way through it when God is saying, no, let's, let's engage and overcome and become what he wants us to become. And so you may not be naturally extroverted and you may not be a naturally loving kind of person. Your personality may be withdrawn. It may be almost seem cold. But if God is challenging you to engage that, you can become an extrovert. You can become a loving person. I've just got to tell you, my natural inclination is not to do what I do in the ministry. My natural inclination is to be quiet and to sit in the corner and read a book. Uh, that's my personality. That's my. But God has challenged me years ago that I need to overcome that. Now I'm in, in this couple of weeks time now. I, I can't wait to get back with people. It's because God has ingrained in me his character. I love his people. I love those that he's trying to minister to. I love those that he's trying to reach. But if I'm like Moses, I'll try to negotiate myself out of it and work my way around it. And when that begins to happen, if you begin to try to negotiate your way around a fight or around a battle, a spiritual battle, not a physical one, a spiritual one, when you're trying to negotiate yourself, sometimes God has to make sure that that battle takes place. If you read in Deuteronomy, he made sure that Sion, his heart was hardened and he wasn't going to negotiate with Moses. He was, gonna, he was going to force Moses into an engagement. And sometimes God has to force us into an engagement. So don't walk from this message today or this service today and question what God is doing in your life. He may be bringing you to a place of confrontation, not to damage you, but to help you overcome the thing that's hindering you from becoming what God has intended for you to be all along. Could the storm that you are facing, even this thing, this coronavirus, could it be that all of us are are trying or are daily with God's, it's his way daily to mold us and to form us. It, could it be that God chose this season to separate us from all of the things that are going on around in the busyness of our schedule and the calendars that have had to be erased and replaced? And could it be that he's trying to, to put us into a position 
where he can take it from the power of his name to the power of his nature and get it drilled down into the core of who we are? Could it be that this is the time where God is trying to um, uh, prepare us because when we come out of this thing, this natural virus that we're dealing with, uh, that he's got a great battle of the spirit to overcome because there are a lot of people that have been turning their eyes and their ears toward heaven that have not been listening and have not been watching for many years. But because of the crisis that we are in as a world, they have once again drawn their attention to heaven. And could it be that he is preparing the church to be the instrument that would proclaim the goodness of God as we come out of this thing, this, this virus situation, this crisis, so that those that have begun to turn their ear and their eye towards heaven have somebody that can reach them in the midst of their dark hour and lead them into the powerful light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe there's two things, and I'm just about done today, but there's two things that God wants us to fight for, or the reason he wants us to fight. Some of them we, we don't understand all the time, and some of them um, we really should know. Uh, the first one is, he knows what battles we need to fight. He knows what you and your personality, you and your character, you and your temptation, you and uh, what you have done in your past and what has been piled up in the, in the corners of your spirit throughout your life and the, maybe the abuse and the neglect, whatever it may be, that God knows exactly what uh, battle that you need to fight, where you need to step into, where you need to engage the enemy. He knows more than we know. And sometimes we don't want to choose that battle because it's hurtful. It opens up old wounds, but it's sometimes getting those old wounds open to get the infection out. It hurts. It's uncomfortable, but God is trying to put the balm of Gilead back in and, and heal and strengthen and deliver and move you into a brand new way of living, a brand new way of walking. And when that begins to take place, You'll look back on the battle and say, God, I didn't want that. I didn't see that. I didn't even understand that's something I needed to deal with. But thank you for exposing it to me. Thank you for making me fight it. Thank you for letting me step into it so that I could have victory over it. And then the second reason that he wants us to fight, and I think this is where it gets really big, and you really have to pull back and take a, a different perspective or look at it, and that is this. God sees and knows the entire theater of the war. Amen. He sees and knows the entire theater of the war. Uh, in military terms, um, you know, it was, the, it was the Normandy theater. It was the Battle of the Bulge Theater. The theater was the different battles that were there. God sees all of them as one. He sees the entire war. And, and we are but just a spot, if you will. We're just one battle in this huge war. As individuals, we are a really small battle. And as a church, we're a little bit bigger because we're gathered together. We're united together to fight against some things. But in both cases, we are just a small component. We are just one aspect of the great theater of war. Uh, I, I found it interesting. I read this some time ago. Uh, it was the 50th anniversary of D-Day. 
and they interviewed two different soldiers that were a part of that invasion. And one was a foot soldier that hit the, the, the beaches, and one was a pilot. And when talking to the soldier that was on the ground, this soldier said this, I was so convinced that there was no way we were going to win. I was so convinced that there was no way we were going to take this beach. And sitting right next to that soldier was the pilot, and the pilot responded this way, and I was convinced that there was no way we were going to lose. And the difference wasn't that they were fighting different battles. They were fighting different battles from different perspectives. All the soldier on the ground or on the beach could see was the enemy that was right in front of them. And the pilot could see the whole scope of what was going on. And he could see several miles down the beach where one, one company was beginning to advance and, and another company on the other end of the beach was advancing. And while there may have been some damage to, the, to one part of it, they could, he could see the whole thing moving together. Could it be that in the midst of the battles that you and I fight, he's wanting you to battle a specific war or a specific battle because it's going to affect somebody on the other side of the battle, on the other side of the war? Could it be that the fight that you're fighting, the fight against your addiction, the fight against that thing that you've struggled with, the thing that you have questioned, the doubt that you have had, the fear and the anxiety that you have possessed, could it be that that battle may not even simply be for you, but it could be to distract the enemy that's, that's fighting your brother or your sister on the other side of the world, down the beach, if you will? Could it be that God sees the entire war and he's having each one of the companies advance in a certain way so that the war could be won? There may be battles that seemingly are lost, they're fought against, they're hurtful, they cause struggle, but could it be that God is really just doing a magnificent work in us and through us so that you and I can make a difference to somebody else? You see, it's perspective. Last week, our perspective had to be on the commander. This week, don't refuse to fight because you don't understand the battle understand the commander. Amen. The commander knows where you need to fight and he's already been on the battlefield and he's already prepared the tools and the weapons necessary for you to win and be victorious. Spiritual warfare is being very practical. It's, it's looking at Jesus and focusing on Jesus and not on our enemy. And then today I shared it's responding when he does tell you to engage, but you don't engage on your own. You engage in how he is directing you to engage. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are powerful to the pulling down of strongholds. What are some of those weapons? Worship, praise, reading and consuming the Bible, becoming more like Christ, praying more, fasting more. Those are some of the weapons that we have. I want you to notice those weapons are not human. They're not natural. They're, they don't confront the enemy on a natural level. They confront the enemy on a spiritual level where God is the ruler of all things. So I want to challenge you this day and this week. Do you want 
enduring freedom. If you do, you need to allow the power that's in the name of Jesus to become the character of Jesus in your heart. And when you do that, you'll fight the battles that you need to fight. You'll fight the things that you need to fight. You'll be a part of the big aspect of war that he has placed you in. And as you begin to do that, you will see victory come. You will see peace come. You will see contentment come. You will see worry go away and anxiety removed and the peace that passes all understanding will settle into your spirit, into your home, into your family. And then you'll be able to give God all of the glory. Would you just bow your heads and pray with me right now? Jesus, I thank you for this day. This is the day that you have, re have made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, I'm thankful for this time of molding and forming that you're doing in our lives. Lord, I'm asking you to help us in this thing called spiritual warfare, to be so come so focused on who you are that it gets down into us so that when we speak your name, it's not just the power and the authority of your name on our lips, but as we speak it, it becomes the nature of who you are in us so that when we go into battle, when we step onto the battlefront, just like you did on that Palm Sunday so many years ago, when you were going to confront our sin and you were going to confront our shortcoming, help us, Lord Jesus, to do your work and will today. Keep us safe this week, God. Let your angels camp round about them. We'll love you forever. In Jesus' name we pray.